in this talk now we wish to uh, meditate upon the spirituality of the Mass how to properly participate in the Mass having before said that uh, the Mass is not the representation of the Last Supper but the representation of the memorial of Jesus' passion and death instituted during the Last Supper but in a moment which is very clear the break with that ritual uh, Jewish celebration we now pass to understand the rituali rituality of the Mass uh, and uh, the spiritual attitude of a faithful staying at Mass so the, point, the main point is this if the Mass is the greatest sacrifice offered by Jesus on the cross when we come into a celebration of the Mass we should always have before the eyes of our mind and heart all the cross of Christ as the very the, the, the very the right orientation to be orientated that's why the Latin Mass is always said ad orientem you know ad orientem ad orientem towards the Lord towards the East the East which is uh, possibly geographical that the churches normally were always orientated eastward built but when this is, this is not possible in any case there is always the east we look for in the liturgy the east is geographical but not only geographical it is more spiritual it is the place where the salvation comes from and this place now has been made clear in the in the cross of the Lord that's why we face the cross we face the tabernacle we face the altar and not the people in order to have this orientation to be in the mass being orientated that is by looking at the mystery of our salvation at that spiritual place spiritual uh, means of salvation the Holy Cross of Christ. Right. Uh, the Mass is the sacrifice, but the Mass has several steps to help us uh, reach this very uh, uh, central moment of the Mass, which is the transubstantiation, the celebration of the sacrifice of our salvation, uh, and then the way we become partakers during Holy Communion. But this central moment is prepared by some other moments, a very uh, rich rituality uh, leading us into the very uh, climax of the Mass, which is the sacrifice. Right. The Mass starts with an entrance procession. When we go to Mass, we have the entrance procession. When the procession is solemn, you see the priest with uh, possibly deacon, some deacon, you see all the ministers, the altar boys, candles, the cross leading the procession. 
Why this procession? This procession is meant to uh, follow Jesus in his footsteps. When the Mass has started, we are now at the moment when Jesus started his first Mass. The procession is matching that moment. And this is important. When is it that that moment comes? When the Master was started by Christ. Jesus is in the, in the upper room where he instituted the Holy Eucharist, the memorial of our salvation. All right? Now, we said that this is not the Mass. This is the institution of a memorial to be which anticipates the sacrifice, but the sacrifice has still to be consumed. So, this is the Mass. The Mass begins with this institution, which is a preparation, but just a preparation. Now, Jesus is coming out of the Last Supper, Rome, and goes where? Into the garden. The garden of Gethsemane. Passing through the Cedron Valley. This is the procession. The entrance procession. Jesus entering into his passion and death. The priest is now Jesus coming. Uh, coming closer to the moment. To the altar of his sacrifice. So the Mass, uh, nowadays there is this, uh, Pope Francis emphasizes this uh, fact. The Church has to be an outgoing Church. Outgoing, to go out. Yeah, we, uh, outgoing means to go and to evangelize. Uh, actually, if we look at, uh, at the letter to the Hebrews, we know that Jesus came out of the, uh, the sheepfold in order to go towards his, uh, his passion and death. But this means to come out of this Jewish rituality, Jewish uh, Passover feast, in order to be now fully introduced into the mystery of Christ, which is the memorial of his passion and death. So Jesus is coming out of the, the upper room where he had celebrated the Last Supper and is going towards his mystery of passion and death. This is to come out. That is to leave the, of course, the... Uh, Jewish prescriptions, laws, rituality behind, yes, and to go towards the mystery which is the Mass. The Mass begins right now. So when you see the procession, you see Jesus coming into the place of his passion, the Gethsemane. In the Gethsemane, Jesus is agonizing for us. And this is why we begin the Mass with a begging pardon for all our sins. Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison. The Confiteo and the Kyrie. 
uh, write this request. Jesus is agonizing for our sins. We ask pardon God for our sins. Those sins that costed Jesus suffering and uh, his precious blood to be poured out for us. So, in the garden, Jesus is uh, sweating blood. Jesus is facing his uh, imminent destiny, the death of the cross. And he is now uh, testing this cup, the cup, this bitter cup, the cup of his passion and death. And we see the whole humanity of Christ. We see the true humanity. Jesus is asking even the Father to let that cup pass from him. But not my will, but thy will be done. So the suffering is, in, is something real. The suffering is uh, a sacrifice that Jesus has to, to offer up. He has to become himself that lamb of God, to be ground in this suffering. That's why he's always is saying, all the saints, he's saying his sorrowful passion, which has right now begun. He's saying the saints is going to redeem the sins of the whole humanity. From the very first man to the very last. Yes? And the grievous suffering of our Lord is the fact that his blood, unfortunately, will be wasted for some souls who will reject it. But Jesus is now uh, agonizing. So the, the very... Uh, the, the, the good attitude when we are at the Mass, at the beginning of the Mass, is to be conscious of this moment. Jesus is suffering for me I want, and for my saints. Do I repent of all my saints? I ask humbly pardon God for all my saints. And this uh, suffering is the prelude, preparation. There is already the whole passion which is uh, uh, laid out as an open book before the Lord, right? The whole suffering, the whole mystery, this mystery of iniquity which is sin, the very cause of Jesus' suffering and everything is before the Lord. Jesus is foreseeing everything, but with his uh, strength and love, Jesus is undergoing all this passion for our sake. Then the, there is in the Mass the moment of the, 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 the readings, the readings and the Holy Gospel, the instruction. We can see now Jesus talking to his apostles, Jesus uh, catechizing them, 
with his uh, preaching. The word of, the, of God is the word of the, the Bible and the readings are the word of God. It is God directly teaching us. And we can see actually in all readings that we read throughout the liturgical year, Jesus preaching, Jesus uh, doctrine to prepare the apostles for this great final moment which is his passion and death. In the Gospel, especially in the Gospel of Saint Luke, the life of Christ is a journey towards Jerusalem. Everything is now pointing uh, towards Jerusalem. And Jerusalem means the place where Jesus would have been crucified, outside the walls, because he was crucified as a cursed man, outside the holy city. That's why we have, according to the letter to the Hebrews, to go out. As Jesus died outside the walls of the holy city, we are meant to follow his example. That is, to follow Jesus in his footsteps, to take up our cross and to die as Jesus did for us. Accepting this new mentality, the mentality of the sacrifice of the cross, which is no longer the comfort of the Jewish Ritualite. We have to undergo this new, new way of life, to be even despised by men for the sake of Christ, and to die as Jesus did. You see, all the readings, and especially the homily of the priest, has to <coughs> direct us to understand the meaning of this journey of Christ towards Jerusalem, towards his uh, suffering, passion and death. Then we profess our faith, the creed. When we say the creed, after having heard the word of God and being instructed by Christ, we profess our faith. We believe all the truths that Christ has given us, handed over to the Church, and the Church is, uh, is always safeguarding in her deposit of the divine revelation. So the profession of faith precedes immediately the moment of the offertory. So the profession of faith is summing up the whole uh, didactic moment, the moment of uh, instruction, the readings, the homily, then is uh, now summed up with this profession of faith. We respond to this instruction by professing our faith, by affirming that we do believe in what God has told us and the Church proposes us to believe. 
This is all preparation for the very central moment. Jesus is in the garden, but at the same time he's teaching because his uh, agony is a great teaching. Yes? He's silent. He was uh, rebuking his disciples, his three apostles with him, who were not able even to watch for an hour with Jesus. But now Jesus is still in the garden. Then, after this, from the garden, he was arrested and was taken into the high priest's house to be, to be condemned, to be judged first. And then finally to be handed over to Pilate and to be condemned. This is the moment Jesus was arrested. So from the Gethsemane, he's going to the high priest's house. He was arrested, was unjustly condemned to death. The passion in this moment becomes even more sorrowful. Jesus is scourged, Jesus is crowned with thorns. They are mocking him because Jesus proclaimed to be the, the son of God, the king. I am. You remember before Pilate, Jesus is professing his divine kinship. I am. And uh, the kinship of Christ is different from a human way of understanding it. The kinship of Christ is the kinship of the truth. Those who want to hear the truth, listen to my voice. Those who want to be faithful to the truth, listen to my voice. But to be faithful to the truth means also to accept the agony, the death and the cross, to be crucified. Because normally people don't like the truth, especially when some political affairs are now involved. People prefer to keep their, their, their power, their authority and prestige. But Jesus is the king of truth. His kingdom is the kingdom of truth. And uh, he gave up his life to the end in order to, to witness uh, to this uh, truth. And the truth is that Jesus is the son of God. All truths are present, uh, one in this. Jesus is the Son of God. God as the Father. Now Jesus is the victim of our salvation. He is prepared to be immolated. Jesus is, we said, is condemned. He, has, he is now crowned with thorns and is ready to take up his cross and go up to Mount Golgotha. Jesus is ready to climb this mountain 
So this is a preparation for the final sacrifice, the immolation of the sacrifice. This is the moment of the offertory in the Mass. From the garden to his now, the, the beginning of his passion with the scourging, crowning with thorns, the take up of the cross and the journey towards Calvary. In the offertory, we mean to prepare the oblates for the immolation in, during the moment of transubstantiation. Jesus is taken, Jesus is arrested, and then he is now uh, carrying the cross for us. The priest during the offertory prepares the oblates, that is the gifts of bread and wine ready to be offered up and immolated. They are actually offered up in the Mass at the moment of the offertory in order to be, to be then uh, sacrificed at the moment of the transubstantiation. If we read the prayers, and this is a good exercise, if you read the prayers of the offertory according to the Latin Mass, in the Latin rite, you see that there is a very deep sacrificial meaning in, this, in these prayers. For example, uh, when we offer the when we offer the the host the bread, you see the priest taking the pattern. The bread is uh, on the pattern. The priest is lifting up the pattern and offering already this this uh, oblate this uh, gift to God, while saying this: Sushipe sante pater. Receive, Holy Father, Almighty, Eternal God, this spotless host, which I, thine unworthy servant, offer unto thee, my God, living and true, for mine own countless sin, transgressions and failings, and for all here present. This is the priest praying on behalf of all the people as also for all faithful Christians, living or dead, that it may avail both me and them unto health for life everlasting. Amen. So you see, the, the, the host, to be immolated, in order to be immolated, has to be offered. The lamp was captured, was, uh, was now uh, taken, to the altar of his immolation. The host is presented to God. And uh, we do the same with the chalice. When we offer the chalice, we offer to God the chalice and we say, 
We offer unto thee, O Lord, the chalice of salvation, beseeching thee in thy mercy that it may rise up as a sweet savour before thy divine majesty for our own salvation and for that of the whole world. The, the precious blood to be, to be changed at the moment of consecration is already a cup of salvation. The cup of salvation that we lift up in the Mass in order to adore God, because this is a sacrifice that uh, rises up as a sweet order before the Divine Majesty and implores, at the same time, our own salvation. The sacrifice has to go up to God, to come to His throne in order to adore Him. And then, with this adoration, the sacrifice, in a sense, comes back down to us in order to, to shower us with graces, blessings and uh, eternal life. So there is an ascensional moment, the sacrifice is going up, and there is the moment of the descension, the sacrifice is coming down as blessings and, uh, and the salvation. Now we are presenting those elements ready to be immolated. Jesus is now uh, brought up in order to, to be immolated. So we can also see, the, when you see the priest doing this movement, taking the, the pattern and offering it to God and taking the chalice, you can also spiritually see Jesus ascending, going up to Mount Golgotha. Jesus, who with his cross is uh, ascending and uh, ready to, uh, to, to offer the sacrifice. This is the moment of the preparation. So the lamb is ready to be immolated. The immolation comes when? The consummation of the sacrifice comes when? At the moment of consecration, transubstantiation. So we now come to the moment when Jesus is crucified. Jesus is on the cross, nailed to the cross. Yes? And he is lifted up. He was nailed and then lifted up. This is the immolation. And finally, the immolation per se comes definitively when? When Jesus dies. He expires. He gave his last and on the cross. And that is the moment of his immolation. When death occurs, the sacrifice is consummated. That's why after consecrating the bread and wine, which are now the body and blood, the priest is lifting the body and the blood 
in order that the people can adore Jesus. Who is lifted up? Jesus, who was lifted up on the cross for us. And this is the moment when Jesus is drawing everyone to him, to his heart. You remember the words in the Gospel of St. John? Yes. When I will be lifted up, I will draw everyone to me. When did Jesus uh, offer himself? And uh, when was he lifted up on the cross? When, uh, when in fact he was, he was crucified, actually. Yes? The cross is the moment when Jesus is lifted up. He's between heaven and earth. He's above the earth because he's higher. He's on the cross. The cross is the throne. And it, Jesus is above the earth but under uh, the, the majesty of God. Between the Father and humankind as the Redeemer. In order to draw everyone to his divine heart. This is the moment in the Mass. When Jesus is lifted up to draw everyone to him. What do you say when you see Jesus in the hands of the priest? You adore him, yes? You look at him and make an act of adoration. My God and my Lord. And St. Thomas, yes, after having understood that Jesus was there. My God and my Lord. So the transubstantiation is the moment of the celebration of the sacrifice. Transubstantiation means, we already said that, <clears throat> a change of substance. To change the bread into the body and the wine into the blood. There is a transformation. This is the sacrifice. With no change, no sacrifice. This is a transubstantiation, which is a conversion, a passage from something into something different, a new. And this is also a consecration. We also call this moment consecration in the Mass. Because we consecrate the precious body and blood of Christ. But consecration, the meaning of consecration is to, to make something sacred. But in order to make something sacred, what we said yesterday, in order to make something sacred, what should we do? We have to sacrifice it. Yes? Sacrifice. To sacrifice means to make something Sacred. And to make something sacred means to change it, to transform it from something natural, human, into something for God, given to God. The best way, I also said this morning in the first talk, the best uh, idea that we can have of a sacrifice, the best image of a sacrifice that we can refer to, when we want to know what a sacrifice is, is bread and wine turned into 
the bread, the body and blood of the Lord. So my dear people, this is what we should do ourselves. If we want to be Christians, we have to transform ourselves. As that bread and wine, uh, which become the body and blood, we have also to transform ourselves from people, uh, human people only, better materialistic people, concerned about things of this world only, to people who live for God, people who become spiritual. Spiritual does not mean to despise the body or to get rid of your body, no. This is Gnosticism, this is another a very insidious ideology, very present nowadays. The true self is my spirit, my body is a nutshell, just a nutshell to give me some shelter, but my true self is my spirit. No, we have to become spiritual, but to be spiritual means to sacrifice yourself, to help your body serve with your soul God together with your soul your body and your soul in the service of God this is the sacrifice so we have to be transformed ourselves that is to be consecrated so in the mass the moment of the of this uh, transubstantiation is the moment when Jesus is now sacrificed. We want to be sacrificed. Do we want to be sacrificed? We have to become another Holy Eucharist. We have to become Eucharistic souls. We have to be Eucharistic souls. People who can transform themselves. Not by their own power, but by God's grace, to be transformed into the, the body and blood of Christ. And in fact, we are, mystic, we are members of the mystical body. When do we come to share properly in the grace of the mystical body, by baptism, but especially when we receive Holy Communion, when the body of Christ is given to us, we become... Uh, consortes, uh, St. Peter says, we become partakers of the divine nature. We become partakers of God's inner life, Jesus' inner life. So the Christian life is to become another Holy Eucharist. How? By understanding the Mass and living the Mass properly as the sacrifice of Christ that transforms our sense. So Jesus is immolated now, the sacrifice is accomplished. Death occurred, Jesus is immolated. And from his immolation, the salvation came. The reconciliation with God came. We were forgiven. The love of Christ forgave all our sins. 
the love unto the end, the love unto his death, forgave all our sins. When we are at Mass, we are before this great mystery. We are participating in this great mystery. Preparation, oblation, immolation. Three moments, preparation, we accompany Christ through his journey into the garden, from the garden to the place where he was arrested and was, uh, was the hearing before Pilate. Then he was taken to the, uh, to the Golgotha to be immolated. Preparation, oblation, immolation, and now that great mystery we were adoring during the Mass, if we come to the Mass with this attitude, interior spiritual attitude to adore the mystery, so we are now ready for the very final moment of the Mass, which is to become partakers of that mystery. We were assisting, participating of course, if we say assisting, it's a word that is a little bit uh, not understood well, because we have to be partakers, yes. But we can be partakers now if we were assisting at the sacrifice of Christ, leading Christ, so to speak, through his passion and death, accompanying Christ through his passion and death, now we receive into our souls the mystery we have contemplated, we have uh, now adored during the Mass. When? This is the moment of Holy Communion. The moment of Holy Communion comes. In order to signify that we receive the precious body and blood of the Lord, the Lord who is reason, Yes, that's why the bread that we receive is the bread of life. The bread giving us eternal life. Why? Because the one who is that bread is eternal life. Because he is eternal. Jesus is risen. In order to signify that we receive the bread of life, we become partakers of that sacrifice by uniting ourselves with Christ and being drawn into him by his gift of his precious body and blood, there is another particular moment <coughs> during the Mass. In order to signify that we receive the whole Christ, his uh, body, soul, his, uh, his body, blood, soul and divinity. The, let's go back to the moment of the oblation. At the moment of the offertory, we offer up to God in a separate way the bread and wine. And they are consecrated separately to signify the, the fact that the sacrifice is immolated. When? When the death occurred. Yes? And uh, the death occurred when Christ, when the body was separated from the blood. 
This is the reason why we have two elements consecrated separately to signify also this, uh, the immolation. Christ has died, right, but Christ is risen. So the body and blood has to be in a way, in a liturgical way, put back together. There is a reconjunction of these two elements. When, when you see the priest before distribute, distributing Holy Communion, mingles a little bit of the body into the chalice, into the blood. And we mean in that moment, uh, of course, to see, Eucharistically speaking, the unity of the one we are going to receive. Even if we receive only the body without the blood, we receive the whole Christ. Yes? We believe that Christ is present uh, with his body, blood, soul and divinity in each consecrated host, even in each little uh, fragment of the host. There is the whole Christ. In order to signify that the faithful are receiving the whole Christ, the risen Lord, the one who is in his unity of body, blood, soul and divinity, because his reason, he has uh, his reason in, and uh, his very body, his reason, the body that was crucified, we unite these two elements. Jesus is back in the unity of his human nature, body and blood, in the only person of the world, the person, the divine person. So this is the moment when uh, the priest is coming to distribute Holy Communion. And Holy Communion is a communion with that sacrifice. Communion with Christ. Communion with the mystery we have celebrated. And this mystery is present in that precious uh, blood of the precious body and blood of the Lord in the holy host, consecrated host. We receive the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I already mentioned this this morning in the first talk. If we understand the Holy Mass as the celebration of the sacrifice of Calvary, the representation of the sacrifice of Calvary, the attitude to receive Holy Communion changes drastically. Yes? It is something, if I understand the Mass as a meal, as a banquet, we sit at the same table and share the same food, or if I understand the Mass as the journey of Jesus towards his final destiny, uh, the death of the cross. Communion is not a, just a way to share in his meal. No, Holy Communion is the way, the highest 
why we, can, we become partakers of that sacrifice? We become ourselves a sacrifice. So the Holy Eucharist is given to us in Holy Communion in order to be one with Christ. Yes? To be in His sacrifice, to be transformed ourselves. That's why we have to understand our Christian life as a, a life of sacrifice. We have to live in grace in order to receive Holy Communion. We have to respect God's commandments. That is, we have to understand our life as a sacrificial one. We can't do whatever we wish. We have to do what God's, uh, God wants. Everything according to His will. So Holy Communion is then a way to become uh, intimate with Christ. We receive His precious body and we become in this way partakers of that mystery. Even if we don't receive Holy Communion, we still adore the mystery. But with Holy Communion we become, uh, we become partakers yes, of that mystery that we have celebrated. The whole mystery represented on the altar is now given to me as a pledge of eternal life, the bread of eternal life. So my dear brethren, this is, I think, a very capital uh, remark. It changes the way we live our faith. And nowadays we see the church split, actually, in two. This is the reality. But the split is about the way we understand the Mass. If we understand the Mass as a way to participate in the passion of our Lord, we understand Christian life as rigorous, respecting the doctrine, respecting the dogmas of the Church, and living accordingly to this moral teaching. If we understand the Mass as a way just to enjoy a meal together, as a mere supper, so it uh, makes us more flexible, so to speak, about the doctrine of the Church, about the rules of the Church, the moral life. Because in order to share in a meal, you don't need to change your life necessarily. Because when you eat, you have to. It's a necessity. You don't need to change the way you live. You don't need to conform your life to the sacrifice of Christ. That's why this way of understanding the Mass is unfortunately leading people to see Christian life in a very uh, relaxed uh, way where everything can change because we are more we are meant to be more pastoral than doctrinal right in order to uh, uh, take care of the needs of the people in the church we can even for pastoral reasons revise the doctrine see something that can change in order to uh, suit them. It's more about the people. Yes, it's more about the people. Yes, but the very root of this attitude is uh, 
The problem is there in the understanding of the mass, because the mass is the very uh, it's it's the Christian life, the manifest of our faith, and the liturgy as well. The way we participate in the liturgy makes a big difference. The way we understand and celebrate the liturgy makes a great difference. So this split, actually, is about the split that we have in the liturgy, the split that we have within ourselves, within the Church, uh, between two ways to understand the Mass.